We represent you. Outside again, Tupou away, Tedesco put it in, this time it's Kiri in support. We feel you by your presence. Via Rooster. Well, Roosters fans, another great weekend to be a Rooster. Our young Chargers up there at Magic Round put on a great performance against the North Queensland Cowboys. Notable mentions, well, we're going to find that out in a minute. Silky and Bells, welcome to Roosters Radio on this week, Jake Friend Week. What a great week it is to celebrate the great career our co-captain has had. And uh, Silky, welcome. Thanks very much, Bush. Yeah, really looking forward to today's show. We're going to be having something a bit different. We're going to be sitting down and having a good conversation with Jake Friend ahead of this weekend's Celebrate Jake round against the Broncos. Uh, so really looking forward to that and really celebrating his career at the club. Sure, and Bells, welcome. R- really looking forward. Hey, Bush, how you going? <laughs> Thanks. Really looking forward to the interview with Jake today on a, on a very special week. Celebrate Jake. So it's not just Saturday night, it's a whole week in here at Roosters HQ that they're celebrating such a legend of the club. So looking forward to this interview. Yeah, can't wait to speak to Friendy. And uh, Silky, I know you're a bit of hot under the collar about things over Absolutely, the weekend. Absolutely, yeah. And it's actually showing. But, uh, mate, how did you see the game on the weekend? I mean, it was just a great performance from our boys, very dominant. You know, we had the send bidding of Satilli and, and some nice moments, uh, you know. I actually thought. You know, up until uh, Satili's sim binning, we were in complete control. You know, they scored a couple of tries in the, uh, late in that second half and then scored the first try after the halftime break. But then once we had our field complement on the, on, the, on the ground, it was pretty much business as usual. Uh, look, Angus Crichton for mine was a standout. And, of course, Teddy, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, yeah, as notable mentions, I, I thought Crichton played really well on that left-hand side. And as usual, Teddy, I mean, there, there was a controversy late in the match where um, Burr from the Cowboys got Simbin. We'll probably talk about the Simbinnings as well. But overall, a, a dominant performance. Bells, how did you see it? Well, I saw it again, another, another great performance from the boys and just digging deep from the heart. I thought they played really well. I thought Toops had an awesome game, two tries there. And as you just said, Silky, Angus Crichton, it asks those questions again. Where's Boyd going to fit in when he comes back? But, yeah, he, he's really playing outstanding at the moment. And, um, look, I looked back at it at last week's game. We improved, definitely. Our errors were still high, so it was 12-6 to 6 on the errors. So I think we've got to get a handle on that again. Um, we don't want to be handing that ball over when we're just tackling so much. But um, in regards to, I think we did a lot better in our ruck infringements. We only had one six again, which was outstanding compared to the week before. So... Yeah. The boys played really well and it was a great team effort. Look, they were always going to be hard, the Cowboys, in front of a parochial Queensland crowd. And they certainly turned up to play, but I thought we nullified any of their attacks early on. Tedesco's performance, there was that when he made that break, falls to the ground, pops that ball up, you know. That's more of something you see in rugby union, not rugby league, but, you know, his... It's Tedesco like that. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I he, think was, he was dominant. I he think, was the dominant player out there. I think Teddy's back to the form. that I th- The problem being a player like Teddy, I think, from the fans' perspective, is he's so good, you expect him to be like that every week. 
and like any rugby league player I'll tell you you know those heights dizzy heights are hard to do consistently for 26 games but when he does do what he's done uh, on Saturday night what a game what a performance and it just shows he is unrivaled the number one fullback in the game definitely and you know showed his class and sure they're chomping at his feet and they're not far away but Teddy's been doing it for longer and he deserves that accolade he deserves the New South Wales captaincy and the number one spot and he shows it at club level and Roosters fans rose as one another quick mention for our Roosters radio and fit services sponsored Sam Walker I thought unbelievable another try I just thought to myself this kid's beyond his years. I yeah. mean, he's a free-spirited 18-year-old with his family and best mates in the crowd. It's magic round. It must be really special for him. But he played with the discipline and the measure of a man much more experienced. And I thought that was a really key point for us. I think he's bringing a calm. And, mate, he's 5'8 components. Silky, you're about to spell it out, so I'll let you say it. Well, Lockie Lamb was outstanding. Lockie Lamb, mm. first game back after a number of weeks. He had some beautiful touches, some really quick hands uh, that led to a couple of tries. I thought for his first game back in, what was it, six, six or seven weeks, it was a, a really positive way to come back into the team. Yeah, well, you know I'm not a man of few words, but it was patient and brilliant. I think, to yeah, say the least. I like it. I thought he played outstanding. But also our defence, boys. We've always got it. We always turn up with it. It was great. It's actually interesting. We were up with th- one thirty to 16. However, we made a lot more tackles. I think we made something like 327 tackles to their 296. So we defended a lot. We held them out and we did a great job. But we talk about the Bondi wall. I mean, everyone knows about it. And what I've loved this year is that the players, we all know we've had injuries, but the players that have stepped up and rising to the challenge, Marshke, they're, they're, he, they're he, bricks on that Bondi wall. He topped the tackle count again. So it must be that little hooker roll in the, uh, in the, in the Roosters team. Well, speaking of little hooker rolls, Bells, we're going to get our famous little hooker on uh, Roosters Radio very shortly for what is known as Jake Friend Week. It is a celebration for our fans and for Jake and his family of, you know, his amazing, wonderful career. We all know, unfortunately, Jake has been retired uh, through concussion, uh, but we're going to have a really long extended chat. This show is of Jake, by Jake, and for Jake. So stick around, Roosters fans, as we speak to the great man himself, Jake Friend. You're on Roosters Radio with Silky Bush and Bells. Well, Roosters fans, something special this week on Roosters Radio. We have Rooster number 1083. And since being discovered by the great Arthur Beetson and put on a scholarship at our club, he's become a captain. He's played 264 games. He's played in four grand finals and won three premierships, one test for Australia. And what a player, what a leader, what a man, a fan favourite. Women love him, men want to be him. I tell you what, Friendy, welcome to Roosters Radio. Thanks, Bushy. Friendy, you know, to have you in here today is a great honour for us. You know, we, we've developed a terrific relationship off the field. And I think a, a measure of a man is, you know, you know the honour and respect that they get. And, and the fans over the years have just... Love what you've done for our club. They love your story. They love your journey from the young larrikin with so much potential to a man standing next to our other favourite, Captain Boyd, holding up the trophy. There's there's so much to like in that set of brackets. But uh, do, you, do you want to tell us where it all began for you and uh, that initial story from a young Noosa Pirate? Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah played all my juniors at the, the Noosa Pirates from um, nine years old I started and then it was uh, – under 14s or under 15s carnival i think uh in redcliffe where i was um yeah scouted by Artie, well seen by Artie, and then uh brought down and you know i went through the club and met the the first graders at, at the time and uh ricky stewart was a coach uh at that stage and you know i went through a few different other clubs at the time uh with my parents and i don't know why but it was sort of 
an easy decision as soon as I, I went through the Roosters uh, organisation. Um, obviously, my parents um, had a bit to do with that, but um, I think, you know, from yeah early on, uh, I guess, they sort of pushed me in the way of this club and, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm glad they did because, um, you know, from, from day dot, it's been um, an awesome club. It's full of great people and, um, yeah, it's given me um, a lot of the, the good memories in my life. Friendy, when a, when a man like Arthur Beetson, who leaves not only a legacy on rugby league but a significant legacy on the Roosters, when he scouts you at 15 and he's a Queensland legend, you're a proud Queenslander, What's it like to be in his company and to just sort of, you know, look up and go, oh, that's Arthur Beetson, I guess? Yeah, I guess early on, you know, I was, I was a pretty young kid and I sort of knew a little bit about Artie. It wasn't more until I, I came down to the actual Roosters and, you know, you realise um, the standing he had at this club and, and then in the game as well. And, you know, he'd, he'd plonk his, uh, his deck chair out there beside the, the field and sit and watch and, um, it was probably not, yeah, until then that you realise, um, you know, I suppose how lucky I was to to be scouted by such a, a big part of rugby league. Friendy, you come to Sydney, you play through our junior reps in the flag and the ball and under 20s. And in 2008, you make your debut against the Bulldogs. Do you remember anything about that game? Yeah, I remember actually being on the short side. I was A on the short side and Sonny Bill was in the other team and I remember he got the ball and... I was standing there shitting myself and um, <laughs> just thought, just make sure you tackle him, make sure you tackle him. And, um, that Did was, you get that him? Was, I got him. Good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you remind him when he came in? Nah, I didn't. I left that alone. Uh, I don't think it was a great tackle. But nah, you know, it was uh, obviously that and just running out first time. It's something that you, you always want to do. And, you know, you got mum and dad and the boys and the brothers in the, uh, in the crowd. And, um, yeah, it was a, an awesome experience. Now, Friendy, you mentioned that tackle. You've made over a, a huge amount of tackles, 11,265 tackles in your career. Oh, wow. Can you believe it? It's huge. Yeah, it's, um, I feel all right at the moment, so hopefully, it's, <laughs> hopefully it stays that way. But, um, you know, I've always – I pride myself on, on my defence uh, from a, a really young age. I, I've always enjoyed defence, uh, even from, you know, under nines, tens and – um, I guess uh, it's been a, a big part of my footy and um, I suppose, yeah, something that I've always hung my hat on. So, What would you say to a young fella that's about to run out in that under nines, under tens that you mentioned and, you know, you're proud of your defence? What would you say to a young guy that's about, or girl, that's about to run on that field in regards to defence? I think just enjoy it, you know. Um, everyone loves the the attacking part of footy, you know, but... You defend well, you get the ball back quicker. That was always sort of my thing. So, you know, I was the same as well. I loved playing f- ball in hand as a, as a young kid. But, um, you know, I also enjoyed, um, yeah, trying to smash a, the other kid on the other team. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Friendy, of the uh, 11,999 tackles that you made, <laughs> it's 12. Of the 12,000 tackles you made, is there anyone that's memorable? Do you have one that stands out or a play that you think, oh, geez, he's coming again? Or or someone you got over the top of and thought, oh, I've got to do him again? No, not really. There was no particular tackle. Um, you know, I had some some good battles with a few blokes. I remember Paul Gallon used to run at me, I'd say, 20 times a game whenever we oh. played the Sharks. Yeah. yeah. 
You could jump in the ring with him now if you want. Have to wear a headgear. I wouldn't either. Um, and then I don't know, no, not not particularly, no, no, you know, no real tackle. Um, I remember some games. I remember the the 2013 game against Manly, the four nil. Um, yeah, I remember that one. yeah, the the semi final yeah, yeah. uh, late in the season. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, you know those sort of games that stands out to me, like just a pure defensive game. Um, both teams just threw a lot of footy at each other, but um, yeah, I just remember sort of. As a team and, um, you know, as an individual, I remember watching that game back and just thinking, yeah, that was pretty cool to be a part of. Everyone that plays with you, including uh, Coach Robinson, talks about defence being a cornerstone. But one thing I noticed about your game over the years that really just grew and grew was um, your kicking. You're pretty crafty. When you did get the ball and you decided to have a kick, it was uh, something you really worked on or is it something that was just natural to you? Nah, you know, it was, a, it was yeah, not very natural. Um, used to hit the shin a lot, but um, <laughs> probably still in even in the the later days. But um, yeah, it's just something that I I practice and practice. I guess it's sort of what this place does here. You can't just sit stagnant. You know, everyone here is getting better, and and they're always pushing you to get better. So obviously, yeah, it was a part of my game that wasn't great and at the start of my career, and something that I think most hookers um have in their game now. So I sort of had to go on. Yeah, learn how to do it. and um, yeah. Mate, back, you're an 18, 19-year-old kicking around the eastern suburbs. Hooning, I suppose, is probably a better word. And uh, 2009, 2010, you're you forced to have a break from the club for a few indiscretions. And you come back in 2010. What did you learn about yourself? I mean, we're all young blokes. We all make some poor choices. But, you know, you're, you're playing football and it was big news at the time. When you look back at that time in your life, what was the takeaway? I appreciated footy. Um, I know that. I'd say 2008, I played five games. 2009, I played a lot of them. But I probably took it for granted. I didn't really take, you know, what it meant to play for the Roosters one, play for the NRL, uh, be, you know, a role model. Uh, It wasn't until that I went and worked in the coffee shop and um, slaved it away. And, you know, you you sort of train on your own and you're away from that club feel and you're away from the boys and you don't you know you don't pop in every morning and you got 10 blokes with a new story to tell you and you know you miss all that sort of stuff and and it probably wasn't until 2010 that you know when I came back um we also you know we we had a pretty good year that year it was sort of like you know this is this is what I want to have a crack at and I'm all in um yeah I was all in on the beers on, on 2009. <laughs> well, talking of 2010, you're playing your first grand final. We, we uh, played St. George. What do you remember about that game? remember half-time feeling good and <laughs> full-time feeling not that good. <laughs> um, you know, it's, a, I suppose, a, a great learning curve for anyone. I guess that's probably why we went went on and had the success we did, I think. Um, I know personally losing one is... Yeah, it's it means nothing really to even be there. Then it's you know the big spectacle, and you run out, and it's all awesome. And then when you lose, it's like yeah, you you might as well come it. last. But yeah, winning them definitely gave me a drive to to want to be there again. You know, I think there's no better feeling than running out of that tunnel on Grand Final day, and you know you look up at up the crowd, and it's and it's packed, and you can see all the red, white, and blue jerseys there. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. 
Friendy, um, you know, you talk about losing a grand final, it sort of, it sort of lulls them, just means nothing in the end. But they say you've got to lose one to win one. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, you know, I definitely, uh, I was young at the time as well. I suppose you, you're excited to be there. You, the week's cool. You go to the grand final brekkie and you do all this and there's a lot of hype and it's, um, it's exciting. But it was definitely, you know, for me personally, the 2013, none of that sort of mattered. It was, it was cool to be there again and you enjoy the hype. But yeah, you know, it was, it was all about just winning it. So let's talk about the wins now, the celebrations, the three big ones. So 2013 and then we've got obviously 2018 and 2019. In regards to all those grand finals, um, I mean obviously 2013 being your first one, but what would be your most memorable one? What would be one of the highlights in those three games for you? It's a hard question. It's, you know, I'd, I'd say the highlight for all of them, 13 we've, we won and, you know, you have your time in the sheds with the family and everything else and media, blah, 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 mm. sing a song. And then in 13, we sort of all went out as a team and football staff, sat in a circle, stood in a circle with a with a beer in hand and or a soft drink for some boys. But, <laughs> you know, sort of just soaked it in. And then anyone that wanted to say their piece or thank someone sort of did that. And for me... You know, the the games were awesome and there was, you know, so many good parts and some memorable moments but uh, from different individuals. But mm-hmm. it was that, you know, that whatever it was, 20 minutes, standing out there in an empty stadium after each win, just soaking it in with the sort of the crew that you'd gone about uh, doing, you know. Getting you there together. Getting it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you, you, you know, you set that target every year and, then to actually achieve it and then sit back and go, well, enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy it and say whatever you need to say or say nothing. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's a, it was a cool. Friendy in those wins, who do you think's the best player you've probably played with at this great club? And you've had so many over the years. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, there's a list of different ones, you know, for all different reasons. You got like your your minis who the thirteen, um, you know, pretty special. You know, thirteen. Jennings, Jenko, you know, comes up with that try. You know, that's a big moment in a game. I think Sonny Bill Williams, you've got to throw him in there. You know, he's a, he can change a game. He can change a team. There's no doubt about that. There's some guys that I've played majority of my footy with. Mitchell Orbison, Jared Warrior Hargraves. You know, I'd say for me, they're being like a constant in a Roosters era and one that I've been a part of and someone that you just know is going to turn up and do their job on and off the field. You can go and ask them anything off the field and you can ask anything of them on a field and they'll do it. So, yeah, those those guys, pretty special roosters and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, both of them will uh, yeah, be um, remembered here for a long time as well. I think you touched on something there that I've always admired and, and seen from afar as the friendships like yourself, Orbo, Aiden Guerra is another one. I think you're a groomsman at his wedding and godfather of his kids and stuff like that. So lifelong friendships that continue, you know, after football, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's what I touched on earlier about, you know, the Roosters, the the feeling I got early on, just a, a good club full of good people. And and I think that's why um, still now, you know, you're seeing these young guys that 
having a crack um, this year and, and playing some awesome footy. The club brings in good people, um, breeds good people, and and I've I've uh, made lifelong friends. You know, Aiden Guerra, the Orbs. There's so many names, but but even you know outside of that, you know some of the staff members here. Um, you know, the Kathy Kings of the, of the Roosters, you know, those sort of people. I've never been anywhere else, but I don't know if other clubs have them, but I know that they're the reason that this club is so good. Randy, it's often said that strong leadership is the reason we're so good. And we have it at coaching level. We have it with yourself and Boyd and, you know, our leaders. Um, you know, there's a whole new group of younger leaders coming through in Victor and, and then they're going to impress upon themselves. But can you talk us about the influence of someone like Nick Politis has on this club? And, and a lot of people... From the outside, you know, they, they, they use the old politest word like it's a swear word, but it really is a compliment to him and what he's done in this organisation. What does it mean to you and what's the man like? Yeah, you know, I think that it's a big part of the club. You know, Nick, um, he's, he was the first sponsor on a rugby league jersey. He's a big part of NRL. He's a big part of rugby league. But I think his love for the Roosters and I think, you know, his passion for the club, but his ruthlessness to succeed as well. Um, you know, I think some people, you know, talk about it in a bad light, but it's why we've been successful. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it breeds, you know, if you come to the Roosters, there's a standard that you have to adhere to and you have to play by and live by. And, you know, I think that comes from Nick and the way he conducts himself and business and all that. And then it filters down from Robbo and the coaching staff and, and then into the players, and um, I think that's why you know this club is is so good, and it's because of those those guys. They're they're tough, you know, men and tough businessmen, and they're harsh. But at the end of the day, they're they're doing it for the right reasons, and you know, it's all for club first, not you know, not individuals. for individuals. Yeah, friendy. Um, you know, we've been Roosters fans our whole lives. We've got great family history here. Bells's dad. And husband played at the Roosters. Silky was a ball boy on the sidelines. My grandfather's in the Hall of Fame. From a fan's perspective, we look from the outside and go, wow, you know, what a great time it is to be a Rooster with all this success. But you see a young man named Trent Robinson come in as an assistant coach to Brian Smith in 2010. And then 2013, he gets his first start as an NRL coach. What does he mean to you? And how significant has his influence been on your journey? Yeah, he's been massive. You know, he's, um, he was there when I was sacked in... Uh, 2009 and I had a chat with him and Brian in the in the park in uh, one of the little huts at Coogee. So and, did Silky um, and I but for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> we, can't, we can't talk about that today. I wasn't on the beers in the huts. <laughs> um, yeah and mate it was you know he, he was there from from the start for me. Both of them sort of said you know you need to go and do your thing and We'll both, we'll both stand by and, and get you back in and um, if you can go and prove that you want to be here. And, um, you know, obviously then Robbo went and did his thing in France, but I think the minute that the group of players heard that he was coming back for that 13, there was a buzz. A lot of boys um, loved Robbo as an assistant and were disappointed when he left. And then to hear that he was coming back, you know, it was exciting, and yeah, he came back pretty, uh, pretty well. I think. Um, you know, it's been a a great run. Um, yeah, as a first first year coach coming to win a comp, but then, you know, to 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 sort of steer a club and a team, um, and so many different players and um, different types of competitions. I think um, the way he has 
over the years. It, it's a credit to him. He's uh, yeah, one of the smartest, you know, f- football minds, but smartest and uh, most intelligent blokes I've, I've met, um, yeah, in my life. Randy, what about personal milestones? We've got a list here of some of the awards that you've won. So 2011, Jack Gibson Medal, Best and Fairest at the Club. Then you get selected for Prime Minister's 13. 2016, you represent Australia. Uh, you know, then you've captained the club to two back-to-back premierships. Then you represent Queensland, which is, you know, every Queenslander's dream, and you win the Ron McAuliffe medal. Like, you've done everything in the game. But of all, all those, you know, accolades, is there one that is you hold us dear to your heart? It's the ones, you know, uh, the Jack Gibson Awards, they're voted by players and, and people at the staff, uh, uh, people in the club. So, you know, those sort of ones for me um, that are voted by your peers are, are the ones that mean the most. Obviously, it was it's similar for the Ron McAuliffe. Um, you know, that's voted by players and, and staff of the the Queensland team. Um, yeah, so those, you know, your peers are the people you play for and you want respect of. And, um, yeah, they're, they're the ones that mean the most. Being a proud Queenslander, being a, a Noosa Pirate as a kid, Probably watching, uh, you know, the Wally Lewis's and, you know, that great legacy or a little bit later, but the great legacy of Queensland has come through. What did it mean for you to pull on that maroon jersey? Yeah, it was, you know, something I'd always dreamt of. Um, I watched, yeah, from uh, under, I probably started playing footy at nine and that was probably when the first sort of, you know, you really get into the whole origin and all that. But, yeah, I'd watched for years. the thing that they used to do was, um, you know, they'd name the team and their junior club would be said underneath them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I always wanted just to, you know, Jake Friend, New Pirates to pop up one day. And, yeah, it's something that I'd, I'd, you know, strive to do and thought it might have been um, passed. But, um, you know, I was lucky enough to get a crack at it. And, yeah, it was everything that I wanted and definitely to sort of win the way we did. And um, I guess with the, the shittest team ever, <laughs> you know, that was uh, that was pretty special. Well, we say this with great honour, mate. That night was a night for Roosters fans to joy enjoy your success. You know what I mean? We didn't like getting beaten by Queensland if we knew South Welshman. But I tell you what, to see you be part of that shittest team ever and hold the trophy was amazing. You know, we're with you all the way. You're a leader, regardless. You'd you know been uh, the bridesmaid for so long to such a great player in Cam Smith and first selected he's injured. You're now thrust into that role. And you've got this new young hot shot called Harry Grant. We all know he's a great player. What's the story around, you know, you just, when Harry comes on, that you know, the, the word was you said, mate, you do what you like and I'll back you up. Or, you know, can you give us a little insight, a fan's insight into that? Yeah, well, you know, Harry was picked. Um, Wayne had sort of given him an idea of what he was going to do, but not too much. Just said, you know, when you get on, just go for it. And um, he was playing lock at the time and I just, he was sort of, didn't know what was, you know, his role as such. He hadn't trained a whole lot there. And I just thought, you know, I know how good he is. And um, put him, like, go. I just said, mate, go jump in dummy half wherever you want. I'll, I'll roll, I'll roam, I'll do whatever. And, yeah, that was sort of it. I didn't mind. I was going to do whatever I had to. Um, and, yeah, it worked out. He he uh, had a cracker of a game. So yeah, he sure um, he's a great kid, you know. I, I got, got along with him really well in that camp and, um, you know, I think everyone's seen how good of a player he is and yeah. I think he'll be in that jersey for a long time now. Now, Jake, after chatting about all your accolades in football and your professional career, 
you've hit a milestone this year and you've got a little fella, PJ. Yeah. Um, congratulations for you and Jenna in regards to that. Tell me a bit about being a dad. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is everything that people say. You know, you speak to blokes and they're like, oh, wait till you have a kid and, you know, you'll never, you never love anyone like it or you'll never have that feeling like it. And you're sort of like, yeah, whatever, whatever. And um, I, I think, yeah, over all those beers and all those chats, none of them blokes were, were telling a lie. It's, uh, <laughs> it's one of the best um, feelings you can have. So, How old is he now? Uh, he's, uh, what is he, 10... Ten and a bit weeks, ten and a half weeks. The so. smiles are coming. Yeah, he's starting to get a bit of a personality and um, plenty of smiles, plenty of cries, plenty of shits. And, <laughs> um, but no, nah, it's been awesome. And, um, you know, I suppose uh, one blessing is that, um, you know, with the retirement that mm. I've been able to spend um, a lot more time at home with him and, and Jenna and, and that's been, yeah, pretty cool. Very so, special. Yeah. Friendy on that, uh, you know, we – Asked Joey Manu, he had us in tears, he was crying. Just the influences on their career, who do you think um, has been one of the biggest influences on your career, uh, you know, to date? Definitely my parents, obviously. Um, Dad coached me from, oh, I don't know, under nines to 16s or, or thereabouts. Um, I don't particularly like his style of, um, or his <laughs> chat on footy these days. <laughs> He's an armchair critic. He sits here and bags this and that, and I can't really watch <laughs> footy with him. But he was a big part of you know my uh, my footy development <laughs> early on, and and then I'd have to say Robbo. Um, you know, as I said, he's been um, there through a lot of you know the ups and downs of my career, and um, I've you know he's stuck by me. He's put time into me, and I've learnt so much of him. So yeah probably those two. Friendy, you've learnt so much. Uh, you know, Brian Smith's no slouch as a coach, over 400 and something games of a first grade coach and so many grand finals, never won one, but a super smart rugby league brain. Trent Robinson, Wayne Bennett, Arthur Beats and discovers you. You've been discovered by and in touch with some of the game's greats. Can you talk to me about the style of, you know, say someone like Wayne Bennett and Trent Robinson, the differences in them or who's a bigger influence? Yeah, you know, I think um, very different in this the way they they get their points across, but I, I think their ideologies of footy are very similar and what they hold, you know, true in footy. I had a meeting with Wayne when I was 15, when I was about to sign with the club and uh, until I went into the Origin team, I hadn't really had a whole lot to do with him, a little bit in um, emerging Queensland teams. I'd just seen sort of the grumpy Wayne on the interviews that um, everyone had seen of late, and um, then to sort of go into a to an Origin camp and mate, get to know him and see, see how Wayne sort of gets a team fired up, and it, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, I'd been coached by Robbo, um, you know, briefly by Smithy, who was as well a, a great footy brain. He he taught me a lot of stuff individually, like you know things to sort of look at and pick up on that, you know, as a player at that age, I didn't. And then to go into Robbo and very different styles, Robbo and Wayne, but, you know, I think the ability to get a group of men to sort of go after something, um, yeah, they they both got the, the knack, that's for sure. Friendy, one of the questions we ask all the players is if they weren't playing football, what do they think they'd be? And I think one of the things I've always admired about you is your, you're an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, you've got a few irons in the fire, the, the coffee shop, of course, the plumbing. Looking beyond football now, 
where, where do you see yourself in the next kind of three to five years? Not sure, to be honest. Um, More babies. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Let, um, let PJ be able to look after himself first. And then, uh, nah, um, obviously, you know, I've got the plumbing business that I, I want to continue to sort of grow. Um, you know, that's going well. Um, we've got the cafe and that sort of does its thing. And, you know, I don't have to do a whole lot there, which is nice. And I obviously want to be involved, um, you know, with the Roosters, with Rugby League um, at, at some capacity. Um, I don't know if I could completely just uh, get rid of Rugby League out of my life, but... Yeah, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll just have a crack at whatever comes my way, I suppose. And yeah, I'm I'm sure something will tickle my fancy, and I'll I'll go after it. Now, mate, I live uh, up near Beryl Street. And I know you've been for a drive uh, early today, and I, I took this photo this morning. Yeah. And for for those that ha- aren't aware that there's a great mural up on the corner of Carrington Road that most Roosters fans are aware of. Uh, and yesterday, I saw the artist painting. It looked like your melon on the on the side of the house there. I went back this morning just to have a look, and I could tell it was uh, was your good self. I've got to ask, what was the first thing that entered your mind when you saw that? It was strange. I was I went for a drive with Orbs, and we were doing a little interview in the car, and I was like, "This is weird. Why don't we just do it at the you know the Roosters headquarters?" Anyway, um, yeah, got to the lights, and yeah, saw my um, my head up on the the wall there with um, you know some. Some roosters great, so I'd driven past that mural a lot of times, and yeah, it was I don't know, it was a, it was a weird feeling, but it means a lot to me, you know, the the bloke that that got me to the roosters, um, the guy that gave me my first game at the roosters in Freddie Mini, um, I don't think he was my first captain, but you know I played plenty of games with Mini, and then um, you know Boydo, who I've played. And captained alongside for so many years. He's a he's a great mate, and uh, it's pretty special to be in in that company for me. So well deserved, mate. I think you. It's a great addition. Uh, the the irony is just amazing. Like to think about what you just said was what I was thinking. You know, Arthur Beecham discovers you. Freddie gives you your first start. It's almost like, like a timeline of Jake Friend. You know. I just want to touch on Boyd. I know that friend. Everyone that knows you knows how genuine you are, and and how you wear your heart on your sleeve. I think the fans love you so much because your accessibility. We do. On Roosters Radio, you just, you know, you could be anyone in the street. Like if you walk down Melbourne where they don't know footy, that's what I love. But talk to us about Boyd Cordner. You know, we've mentioned other people, influences. That relationship is something that as fans we're proud of and we it's it's our Boyd and Friendy. So how's it for you who's actually in it? It's been awesome to be able to have Boyd there for a lot of the, the games as a as a captain with me and um, I think – uh, it's it's almost made being captain uh, easy, you know. Um, you have a guy like him, you know, he's a New South Wales Australian captain, you know, he's a, he's a leader, there's no doubt about that. In his actions, in his footy, in his life, you know, he, he just, he's like the guys that we've spoke about previously with the Knicks and Robbos, he just demands it by what he does. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's been awesome. I've had... Um, so many great experiences with Boyd uh, on the field and, and off. We've had a couple of good trips away and, and that sort of stuff as well. So, yeah, it's a, you know, it's been there's, – there's a, a list of guys that, you know, I've had so many good times with and, and Boydo's in that list for sure. And, and he's a guy that, you know, I know that no matter how often you talk or, you know, whatever life throws at you, you could 
roll past him in the street and you'd wander down and, and you'd have a beer and, you know, you'd chat away like it was uh, yesterday. So yeah, yeah, he's revered here, isn't he? Yeah. Mate, I want to talk a little bit of football. I want to go back to last weekend. Every, everyone's talking about it. We may as well have our two, Bobsworth. Magic round, the referees, and I'd love to get your thoughts. Obviously, everyone's got an opinion on it. Yours, what's your opinion on the the way the games were officiated on the weekend and your thoughts on the sim bins and so on and so forth? Yep. Yeah, I, I didn't particularly like it. I didn't like the way it was done uh, from the NRL. I, I know that there's there wasn't much um, chat between coaches, RLPA. Um, you know, I believe there's a system to doing things and I don't think they did it the right way to start, which is disappointing, especially with, you know, where the, the players of the RLPA are at. Um, you know, we're trying to work with the NRL and, and it seems to be a sort of one-way street in that sense. And then to see some of the Simbins, in my opinion, you know, for a guy that's been retired from concussion, I believe in concussion. I know that there's an issue, but I think it's got to be done in a – a smarter way in my in my opinion um it was just a knee-jerk reaction let's do it and let's see what happens and you know it's it's in the middle of a, a season it was hard to watch I, I thought it wrecked some of the games on the weekend to be honest um but i i understand what they're trying to do i just don't think it was done the right way so just probably a little bit subtler is that what you like am i <laughs> maybe a little bit yeah, yeah. um yeah, it, it, yeah, no doubt, you know, we, we can't have blokes getting hit in the head uh, over and over and over. Um, but in saying that, we've sped up the game. So that as well, it's a you speed up the game and then you expect a bloke not to throw his arm out when he's tired and fatigued. It, it's contradicting a little bit. There's no player in the NRL that won't attempt to tackle. There's no one going to go, I can't make a good tackle, I'm going to leave him. He he won't be playing first grade the next week, so it's 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 a it's a tough it's a tough spot. Um, I you know I can I can see what they're trying to do. I just think that yeah, it should have been um, possibly filtered in a bit slower. Friendy, we've gone away from the old round the leg tackle, right? It's been gone for a long time. What about if we rewarded one on one round the legs as a, as an option? This is the thing. It's been thrust this. We should have been coaching one-on-one tackles, low tackles from a preseason because we knew this was coming. That's what mm. I, you know, that's how I, I see it. And, and I, you know, I think it's looking like that's where rugby league's going to go. You know, you might see more low tackles, two-man tackles. The three-man, you know, high contact is, is possibly going to be too risky because of if you make contact with your head, you're going to be – you know, with 12, 11 um, players. So, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens, but it's definitely something that um, may have to come back is the, the low tackle and the two-man tackle, yeah. Freddie, how much has the game changed since you first uh, come in and, you know, played as a, you know, your first game of NRL to the demands on a, a young NRL player now? What's the difference? It's changed a lot, I think, um, you know, both on and off the field. I suppose the media was getting there at the start of my career. I, I copped a brunt of that at the start. Um, yeah, as a As a game, you know, we, we've come so far um, on field and, you know, training-wise, you know, the, 
the level of um, professionalism that clubs have to, you know, adhere by and players have to adhere by to to win a, a comp is is um, you know pretty pretty extensive now. You know, it's not just turn up, train a couple of days, and you know, run out on the weekend. It's mm. it's twenty four seven, and it's a pressure sport. But you know, for me, I that was what I I loved. You know, I love the you can't miss a day, you can't miss a session. You have to, if you do, you will get found out. And I, you know, I, that was something that I I'd wake up for and get excited about. Um, so. Yeah, it's hard, but I, I think, you know, there's so many rewards that rugby league can give you as a young kid as well. So, um, you know, you can, not just in experience and games and travel and, you know, it's it can set your life up and, you know, you can meet so many good people and, and be a part of so many cool experiences. So, um, but, you know, I think it's all worth it. Well, Jake, you are a legend of the club. You are one of our greats and... This weekend, we're celebrating Jake on Saturday night against the Broncos at the great SCG. How are you feeling about that on Saturday night? You're such a humble man. And, you know, how are you going to be there on Saturday night at the SCG? Yeah, it's, a, it's almost awkward, you know, um, having a week for Jake. <laughs> it's <like> Jake week. <laughs> a bit of a wank to me. But, um, yeah, I know, like, I know I appreciate it and I know my family will. Uh, they're all coming down and... Yeah, I, I suppose I'll, I'll probably look back at some stage and go, that was cool, but mm. at the moment it's a bit like, you know. Well, it's a very yeah, special so, honour, so, yeah, um, make sure you take that in on Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll, it'll obviously be awesome to sort of get out there. It's the first game PJ will come to, so that's uh, oh, exciting that's awesome. as well. Really so. special. Yep. You do know the comparable friend he was when uh, Minnie retired that uh, uh, mini week at a coffee shop in Leichhardt. So, the, <laughs> so that's a huge difference. We've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, you know, it's a, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I'll get there Saturday. I'm sure I will soak it all in, but, you know, it's it's tough as a – yeah, I, at the moment I can't really – I think I it's just, so tough because you're so, so humble, you know. You're just so um, – I don't think you realise what you mean to all the Roosters fans, Agreed. to the club, just to rugby league in general. So congratulations on an outstanding and amazing career in the game. Thanks, guys. Bells has said it best, friendy. From us at Roosters Radio, from all the fans, you know, when a rugby league player like you retires and not one fan from another club has a bad word to say, you know that he's loved at game level, origin level and club level. And the word that comes to mind for you, and it's encaptioned down the street from where Silky lives, is legacy. You've left a legacy here that will never be forgotten and something that will be admired and, and a benchmark for young players to see if they can be the next Jake friend. So from all of us, mate, we love you. We thank you for all those amazing memories. And, and there's plenty more to come. We want to see young PJ run out as a, uh, as a six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he won't be playing hooker, that's for sure. <laughs> thanks so much thanks. for spending Cheers, time. Cheers, guys. Thanks Appreciate the you. words and thanks for having me on. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. Well, boys, what a fantastic interview with Jake Friend. It was heartfelt. It just pulled at the strings there, but what a great interview with him. Well, what a great bloke, pure and simple. Uh, look, was really looking forward to having this conversation. We've 
been planning it for a couple of weeks now and to spend 45 minutes talking about his career, it was one that, you know, I'll cherish and probably one of the best we've done on Roosters Radio in the eight years we've been doing this show. Yeah, I think it's the mark of the man. It's very humbling and uh, Jake leaves a legacy on and off the field and a great friendship. We've been fortunate to forge that. So it was an honour to do that for Jake and his family and the Roosters will keep that in the archives, I hope. Well, he is a legend of the club and this weekend it's Celebrate Jake out at the SCG on Saturday night. We're up against the Broncos, 5.30pm kickoff, just to celebrate this legend of our club and hopefully we'll get up with the bickies as well. Well, I wasn't going to drink this weekend and uh, I probably will now to celebrate Jake because I, I know that's what he'd want me to do. So <laughs> On the be, beers. So well, he would I'll, if it was 2010. Definitely looking forward to this Saturday night's match. I think the players will rise as one for Jake, to be mm. honest. I think Robbo will really hammer it into them uh, this week in training uh, and I'm seeing a convincing victory. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling 13+. plus. I'm going to say to you, Roosters 32, Broncos 6 uh, would be my prediction. They're a wounded unit at the moment. I don't know what's going on there. I don't care. But uh, yeah, Roosters 32, Broncos 6. I think it'll be an, an emotional win. It'll be such an emotional night for such a great legend and I'm with you, big scoreline, definitely. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our special guest, the one and only Jake Friend, player number 1083. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. East East to win. win.